Amen. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Our study is affectionately titled, uh, The Exciting COVID-19 Update. Now, why do you think we should give an update on that? Maybe because there's a lot of stuff going on. Okay. Yeah, the vaccine's here. We're going to talk about that tonight. But we're going to give a COVID-19 update. We want to get equipped as a church. I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on TV, believe it or not. Uh, but I'm just going to share with you what I know, and I'm going to share with you what I know biblically, and uh, my duty will have been done as your shepherd to get you equipped with what I've got to come across, and you're going to have to make your own intelligent decision and prayerful biblical decision. But uh, this is a time, of course, we know this whole year, everybody has been freaked out, freaked out and afraid, and I'm, I'm not talking just the world. I'm talking even the church. There are churches who still have their doors closed, uh, and there's uh, Christians who still refuse to come to church services, okay? And uh, as we'll see tonight, my personal opinion, I think it's unfounded in two different ways, biblically, and I think it's unfounded uh, also um, factually when you take a look. Is this something that we should be afraid of, this COVID-19 thing? Okay, we're going to deal with that. But let's deal with the biblical aspect. Now, number one, we've already dealt with this before, but Hebrews tells us, Hebrews chapter 10, uh, and I believe verse 25, says, do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. Remember that? And keep reading. What's it say? As some are in the habit of doing. Now, remember we exposed this several months back. What does the Greek say? As some are in the habit of doing. That literally in the Greek means as prescribed by law. And every time that that's used, that Greek word that's used there in the New Testament, it's always speaking of one of two things. It's speaking of the Jewish religious law or Roman law. So that's religious or civil law. Right? So God tells us in that context, certainly, as the day approaches, hello, we're getting close to the return of Jesus. He says, whatever you do, don't stop meeting together. Right? And it, it, no matter if it's a religious law or other churches tell you not to, or if it's a civil law, the government tells you not to. And what's the balancing point? People, well, Romans 13. Well, yeah, Romans 13, of course, we submit to authorities unless what? What's the caveat? They tell us to do something contrary to God's word. That's why we Christians, even though the books on the the laws on the book say you can go out and murder children in the womb. We don't support that. Even though that's what this, we don't support it. We don't submit to that. Why? Because that's going contrary to God's law that says you shall not murder. That's murdering children, right? So that's wrong. Same thing, when God tells us don't forsake meeting together, I don't care what the law says, right? What should we do as Christians? We need to meet together. But what has been the excuse for people to violate that command scripturally? And I'm talking the church. Fear. But, but we got to. You don't understand. We're going to die. It's, it's, we're going to die. This is this horrible. This is a pandemic. Well, first of all, let's, let's deal with the biblical aspect first. Is that how we're supposed to live as Christians in a constant state of fear? No, right? Matthew chapter uh, 6, uh, and let's take a look at verse 25. Jesus speaking, of course. He says, therefore, I tell you what? Don't worry. What? What? About your life. Would that include COVID-19? Right? Now, notice he didn't say, think about it, ponder what I'm telling you. He gave you a command, do not. That's just as valid as do not murder, do not steal. He says, do not what? Don't worry. Don't get in a state of worry about your life, what you're going to eat or drink or about your body, okay, or about what you're going to wear. Is not life more important than food, the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or sow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour of his life? 
And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Now, here's the point. Come on, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, how much more will he not clothe you? Oh, you of what? Little faith. So don't worry. He's saying, oh, what's he wearing? What's he wearing? What's he wearing? Dare I say, what about this COVID thing? Oh. He says, don't do that. For the what? The pagans, come on. You expect the world to do that because they don't know. They don't know better. But, but people, God's children, come on. For, for the pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need him. But here's the marching orders. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and what? All these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has got enough trouble of its own. Right? Okay, so again, he doesn't say, in the midst of this, even this whole COVID thing, this whole year, he didn't say, well, just stare at the wall and grit your teeth and just don't worry. He gives you marching orders. What's the marching orders? That's not your focus, Christian. Your focus is on the Father of his provision. If he takes care of the birds and they're not freaking out, he's going to take care of you, number one. Number two, you get busy seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, and it'll all work out. Philippians chapter 4, this is your next one. Philippians chapter 4. And, of course, Philippians was written to, you guys are awesome. That's right, Philippians chapter 4. And uh, verse 4, when you get there, say moo. Moo, I like that. Right? And here's what he says. Rejoice in the Lord until COVID-19 comes along. <laughs> I'm sorry, wrong translation. We're just reading the Bible. Right? Rejoice in the Lord always. In fact, I love this. Uh, in case you didn't get it the first time, I'll say it again. Rejoice. And notice the exclamation point. Woo-hoo. means do the joy thing all over again. Why? Let your gentleness be evident to all. Right? So why does he want you to have a good countenance on your face? So that people can see that. And when they're freaking out and they see you're not freaking out, it's called a positive witness. And he says, oh, by the way, what's the next thing? Because who's near? The Lord's near. Folks, when Jesus Christ comes to get us at the rapture, that's best case scenario. We're out of here. We're not going to seven-year tribulation. We're in heaven. Right? We get to be part of the millennial kingdom. We get to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. The planet's going to be renovated to Garden of Eden-like conditions. Right? We get to have peace with nature. And then after that, we got the new heavens and the new earth, and so shall it always be. No more Satan, no more demons. It's awesome. The Lord's near. It's okay to smile. Okay? He says, and so therefore what? Do not be what? Anxious about anything except COVID-19. I keep reading that wrong verse. Right? Uh, but in everything, what do you do? prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus okay so again he gives you marching orders you don't just sit there okay I'm not anxious I'm not anxious I'm not anxious right he says what you got a concern maybe you aren't concerned about your health what do you do pray trust God and enjoy his peace and have a great day now as I've shared before many times Matthew 6, the word worry, and Philippians 4 here, the word anxious, it's the same Greek word. It's merimonao in the Greek. And that word, the root meaning of that word means, listen, consumed with self. And that's a bombshell. Because when do we worry and when do we get anxious? When you do the opposite of what God tells you to do. When you get consumed with self, self problems, self help, self finances, self situations, self sins, self satanic attacks, self this, self, self, self. It, you're always going to worry. But what's he say in both these things? Your marching orders is what? Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. Pray. Now, what's that? Where's your focus? Your focus isn't on yourself. You get consumed with yourself. You're always going to be filled with worry and anxiety. But you get consumed with God. 
He enjoys peace. Have a great day. You're not worried. You're not anxious. You're not sticking your whole uh, head in the, in the ground, acting like it's not happening. You're not denying reality. You're living as God wants you to be, to be a positive witness. Not just for you, to be a positive witness to the people around you, right? And, and, so, and then the nail in the coffin on there, has God called us to be freaking out over this COVID thing? Uh, let's go to uh, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 1.7. And of course, if you find 1 Timothy, what do you do? Hang right. 2 Timothy 1.7. About as blunt as you can get it. In case you're wondering, yeah, but is that really true? Can I really live as a Christian without worry and fear and anxiety and even in the midst of COVID? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because here's the spirit that God's given us. Uh, verse 7, for God has not given us what? The spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of what? Power, love, and a sound mind or self-discipline. So when you find yourself in a state of fear, is that from God? No. He hasn't given, that's not his spirit. And if you find that in your mind, in your life, in your day, you're off balance biblically. And dare I say, there's many Christians who are freaked out. Can I tell you something? They don't have their minds renewed by the word of God. And they're listening to the word of man. Who is pushing a narrative, as we will see, that is a lie. And it's deliberately putting them into a state of fear that God has not given us to manipulate them. And we'll get into that in a second. So, to help even alleviate that fear even more so, even though biblically, it doesn't matter. Even if COVID-19 was as bad and horrible as they say it is, and it's not, we'll see that in a second, we still don't need to be afraid as Christians. But let's take a look at the facts. We're going to have two different video clips tonight. The first one is going to deal with the current information. I'll just let the so-called experts speak for themselves. The current information from the CDC, uh, the Journal of American Medical Association, John Hopkins University. So we're going to look at the experts, and we're just going to deal with stats. Okay? Is this really a pandemic? And should people be in such a state of fear uh, as we're seeing, even in the church? Absolutely not. So let's take a look at our first video tonight. Before we actually launch into questions, and I don't want to uh, take a lot of time with this, I'm, I'm constantly being asked questions about what's going on in the country, about COVID, about lockdowns, about all of those kinds of things. And I, I want you to know that I don't have any secret inside information, but I, I, I do my very best to examine what's available so that I can help people to understand what we're facing. And rather than try to answer these things sort of one piece at a time, let me let me just share with you some, some information that I think will be of help to you. I, I trust it will be. This uh, approach to the virus obviously has devastating impact on many people. In Japan, in one month, there were as many suicides as there have been in COVID deaths through the entire almost year-long siege. We, we know about that. There are people who are missing their normal medical care and consequently they have serious medical complications. In some states, as many as a third of businesses, small businesses, have become closed and are unlikely to open. I read that as many as half of 
businesses owned by black people will not be able to open devastating financial results. A fascinating statement that I read recently is that there's an expectation that there will be 300,000 to 500,000 fewer babies born next year. That's a, that's a remarkable statement made by the Wall Street Journal at the end of November. Births were down about 50,000 last year, and this year, compare that to three to 500,000, as people have such existential fear that they're less likely to want to bring children into the world. We all know the nursing home saga and the sadness of that. Uh, there's a new death cause on certificates, and it's failure to thrive. It's used with those who die in those kind of facilities. And because nobody can visit them, the care descends, and I won't even describe the horrors of how those people are living when they're cut off completely from family. We all know that the, the price being paid by children is immense. The Journal of American Medicine, probably the premier medical journal in this, in this country, put out a study in November, November 12th. And the study shows the educational attainment effect in years of life lost with young children because they're not in school. 24 million children, ages of 5 to 11, have been out of school. They have models that translate that into years. Uh, your length of education and quality of education is a determiner of your length of life. And the Journal of American Medicine estimates that we've lost about 5.53 million years in the lives of 5 to 11-year-old children in the future. The single greatest indicator for high school graduation is fourth grade reading skill. And as that plummets, because only 60% of the kids who are supposed to be doing online learning are actually doing it, and only one-third of them do it every day, their ability to read sinks and their ability to get out of high school sinks, and there are all kinds of effects of that that show up in an increased mortality rate. The Journal of American Medical Association is saying we are sacrificing our young ostensibly to save adults who uh, are not vulnerable. CDC survival rate, if you are up to 70, you have a 99.998 chance to survive COVID. In California, the courts, in our case, uh, it was presented to the court that in California you have one chance in 19.1 million to die of COVID. You say, well, it's, it's, it's a serious thing. If somebody catches it, it can be like any kind of flu or virus. And it can be very serious if there are, as we know, comorbidities. And that's an important thing to keep in mind. There are some people who should be protected, and we've always been careful to do that, and we should be doing that again. But even if you're over 70, 
you have a 95% chance to survive, and that's with 10 to 15% of that population in that age group with comorbidities. Some medical experts are calling for us to stop calling this a pandemic. Essentially, they're wanting us to call it a syndemic. Pan means all. By virtue of the statistics of the CDC, if 99.998 people survive, that is not all being affected by it, even if they do have some symptoms. But what it really is is a syndemic in that it synthesizes with other factors of obesity and heart disease and overweight and things like that. And in that combination, it becomes much more potentially significant. The Washington Post came out with an article that said everyone wore masks during the 1918 flu pandemic, they were useless. 50 million at least died in that pandemic because there was really no way to resolve it medically. Um, the latest that I've read is out of the 50 million, let's say 30 million died of pneumonia, which is sort of that syndemic notion. Mass became symbolic. People were told wear it once and Wash it and sterilize it, and once you put it on, don't ever touch it if you expect it to work. I received a report from UCLA, the internal report that in the entire system, they have tested about 140,000 people for COVID, and uh, out of that, in their whole system, there are 27 <clears throat> people in the hospital <clears throat> with some COVID complications. 27 out of testing maybe as close to 150,000. There's one other thing I would just mention to you. Johns Hopkins, one of the great medical schools in our country, did a study of COVID-19. They released the study on the 22nd of this month, of November rather. It's titled, Relatively No Effect in Deaths in the U.S. The question that keeps coming up is, are more people dying than die in other years? And that's what this study was intended to find out. The study declares that the number of deaths is not alarming. In fact, it has relatively no effect on the number of deaths in the United States. Retrieving data from the CDC website revealed that the deaths of older people stayed the same before and after COVID. Since it mainly affects older people, experts expected an increase in the percent of deaths in the older group. Data says that didn't happen. The percentage of deaths among all age groups remained relatively the same, the same as time period from 2014 to 2020. So if COVID-19 has no significant effect on US, U.S. deaths in the total number, why does it appear so? And this report says deaths from 2014 to 2020 were examined. There was a sudden increase in COVID deaths in the year 2020. Analysis of deaths per cause in 2018 showed the pattern of seasonal increases in death for all causes during the flu season. The leading cause of death is heart disease. 
In 2020, during that same period, COVID-19-related deaths exceeded heart disease deaths. Unusual because heart disease prevails as the number one cause of death. Here's the interesting part. Looking closer at the numbers, it was clear that compared to 2018, the 2020 numbers showed no drastic increase across all causes. Rather, there was a dramatic decrease in deaths due to heart disease. And here's the key. The total decrease in deaths by all other causes almost exactly equals the increase in death by COVID-19. They just assigned a different cause. There is, uh, and you can, you can look these things up yourself, there is a declaration called the Great Barrington Declaration, signed by 10,000 medical doctors and epidemiologists and experts, public health scientists. And the Great Barrington Declaration has grave concerns about how COVID-19 is being dealt with. That document says lockdowns are producing devastating results on short and long-term public health. This is not the right approach. They recommend these 10,000 experts that we allow those with minimal risk to live life normally and build up natural immunity. Now, those are just some things that I wanted to give you to maybe ease some of the fears that you might have. As I said long ago when we first got into this, that we are the people of the truth, and we will always do the very best we can to tell you the truth. Um, you don't need to be a victim of lies and deception, but when you see the people who are your leaders sitting around a table hours and hours together, health officials with the governor and no masks and no social distancing having a party, you might wonder whether they actually believe what they're asking you to do. Now, I'm, I'm not saying this doesn't exist. It does. I'm not saying it can't be serious. It can be. It, it can be anything from the flu to very serious with those who have other prevailing illnesses. But to completely destroy businesses, schools, children, young people, education, churches, and everything else in our society, every normal course of life is an overreaction. And that is not my conclusion. That is the conclusion of 10,000 experts, scientists. That's a, that's a fair number. And I, I'm saying this to you because I, I don't want to be accused of putting you in jeopardy. Uh, people have said about me that I am mocking COVID and uh, people on the internet say all kinds of things about me with regard to the fact that I'm going to be killing people because we're meeting as a church. We are not naive about the reality that everybody's going to die, right? Yeah, and there are lots of ways that can happen. 
But at the same time, we have believed from the very beginning that the truth is that this is not a disease that kills everyone. And the statistics are in 99.998 people survive this. And we have simply tried to follow what has become apparent uh, week in and week out. And it started pretty early when it became clear that this was being misrepresented. A question comes up and conversation, why are they doing this? I'm not sure that um, everybody has the same motive. It can be fear, it can be about power, it can be about control, it can largely be political, trying to completely tear down the existing systems that we're used to. Power has always been that which maddens people to do the most damage of anything that exists in human ambition. Power is a brutal master. Why they seek power, why they want to overturn things, uh, that's for every person's motive perhaps nuanced a different way than the rest of them, but it, it comes down to power and control, changing the world to fit them. This is a collective group, uh, some known and some unknown. And they have done something that's never been done in human history. They have made this global. That in itself is very interesting because now we are a global world. And uh, that is a setup that we've been waiting for through redemptive history since uh, the Lord promised that there would come in the future an Antichrist who would have a global government. This is the first time in my lifetime that we literally have such power over people globally that we can shut them down so they can't function cancel culture can come to you. This suits the world of Antichrist. As you look at the book of Revelation, there's the mark of the beast, the number, and if you don't have that, you don't buy, you don't sell, you don't exist. Everything about you, they know, the people who have access to all your data. They know all of it. You can go out of existence virtually any moment somebody decides that. This is the kind of world that appears to be perfectly suited for the Antichrist to come, bring a certain amount of peace. The world falls at his feet. He is the instrument of Satan. And of course, all hell breaks loose. And in that time of the great tribulation, God's judgment comes at the end of which Christ returns. I don't want to say um, the Lord is coming soon, but I will say this, he's coming sooner than he's ever been before. <laughs> Bible says in the end times there will be lawlessness. 
and there is lawlessness and an escalating lawlessness and an effort to create more lawlessness by taking restraints away. This is a world that could find itself in such absolute chaos that the right satanic leader who promises to fix everything could be given the title of king of the world. That Antichrist, aided by the false prophet, is what we see in the book of Revelation. Many years ago, I used to think there were signs of the return of Christ being imminent, and there always have been, and we always know he can come at any day or any hour. But it seems that this is the world that we never knew could exist. We have the kind of weaponry that destroy a third of the population, a fourth of the population, as we see in the book of Revelation. We have, um, we have the kind of technology that can literally erase people out of existence. So it's just up to us to be sure that we're looking at the signs of the times for sure. But I think we have to be aware of the fact that we aren't being told the truth. And that's not surprising, is it? Satan is a liar, and he establishes his kingdom on lies. So be discerning, be thoughtful. The Lord has been very gracious to us here. We've been meeting together like this. And for months and months and months, and the health department was here a couple of weeks ago to say, there's no outbreak at Grace Church. How is that possible if what they say is so? We are a microcosm of the world. The Lord has even given us protection from the Supreme Court twice, one case in New York and now Thursday, another case in California, that whatever this virus is, it does not overpower First Amendment rights. So we are meeting, but not in a foolish or irresponsible way, with as much knowledge and thoughtfulness as we can have. And so I want to encourage you that, spiritually speaking, this is the best place you could be. And physically, I don't think we're a threat. We've all been together now for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. I think I had this before Shepherd's Conference. A couple of weeks before Shepherd's Conference, I, I didn't feel well at all. And um, took some normal things that the doctor would give me, and it was over in a few days. You say, well, that's way back in March. Uh, so you got it early. Well, you may think it started in January. That's what you read. But do you understand what recently happened? A study was done, a serological study with the Red Cross. They went back to the blood bank to look at blood that was taken from people in 2019 from October to December. And in 2% of that blood, they found the antibodies from COVID. It's been around. 
a long time, relatively speaking. And it'll run its course like every other bug does. The tests, I received a letter from a Stanford doctor who said up to 90% of the tests are invalid. I asked a football coach, what, what do you do to protect your team? He said, we swab their nose with bleach. <laughs> I'm not recommending that. I am, I'm just very grateful for your faithfulness. Very grateful for your trust and confidence in the Lord and in the, the church and for the wisdom of our elders and for bringing us into contact with people who understand the truth. We don't want anybody to be unprotected. We don't want anybody to be unsafe. Um, but life is a terminal illness and far better to depart and be with Christ. Um, so, that's the best that can happen to us. But the statistic is so overwhelming. 99.998% of people will have no lasting effect from this. How can we literally tear the world to shreds over that? Other forces are at work. We're just glad to be here proclaiming the truth, right? Worshiping the Lord. So thank you for your faithfulness. So based on the facts, based on the truth, and we are people of the truth, right? Truth will set you free. Is this something to be afraid of? Not even close. So that brings up the obvious question, uh, why? Right? I agree with MacArthur that power, control, uh, certainly see it with a, a global lead up to the Antichrist, a global issue. Uh, but two things, I think number one, the reason why is because it's another prophecy related issue. Jesus said, when you get close to the seven year tribulation, it's gonna be some of the biggest deceit you've ever seen in your life. Matthew 24, turn there real quick. And then I'm gonna see if I can fill in the why question for you. Because there is an agenda. It's not just happening, there is an agenda. So Matthew 24, and uh, in the context, obviously we're dealing with uh, Jesus speaking about the seven-year tribulation, signs that it's getting close, okay? And uh, notice what he says right out of the gates, the very first thing, we typically skip over this, unfortunately, and before he gets into, like we always like, yeah, let's look at the wars and the rumors of wars and the f famines and pestilences and all this other stuff and... And the midway point, the abomination, desolation, that's, boy, it's getting close, it's getting... Well, what's the first thing he says, though? Uh, out of his mouth, speaking about the seven-year tribulation. So they ask him, all right, uh, verse 3, Jesus, he's sitting on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And, and what will be the sign of your coming, i.e., the second coming? He comes at the end of the seven-year tribulation and the end of the age. And Jesus answered, the first thing, what? Watch out that no one, what? deceives you why because many will come in my name claiming i am the christ and will deceive no one because they're all faithful to the scripture they know the bibles they're surrounded by churches they preach the truth and many he says there 
uh, is what's going to happen. Deceive many. And then he goes on to the other list. But what's the first thing out of his mouth? And he goes on, he says, false Christ, false messiahs, false teachers. And again, he says, it's in fact so powerful that, of deception that if, if it were, it could even possibly even deceive the elect if you're not careful. Well, that's what's going on. Because it isn't just they are purposely lying to us. We just took a look at the truth, right? Trying to get us into a state of fear. And it's not just a state of fear. The, the, the premise for the state of fear is what we've seen before in other studies. It's to uh, create a crisis so you can manage the outcome. And there is an outcome. This is not a conspiracy theory. You could check it out for yourself. It's in print. They admit it. It's on tape. It's in video. They are being extremely bold about why they're doing this because I think they think this time they're going to pull it off. It's been a long stage plan for decades. The Bible tells us where all this is headed, not just Antichrist kingdom, but it's split up into a one world economy, one world government. Yes, the Antichrist, but it's a cashless society and it's going to be into a mark of the beast system. They're going to micromanage the planet in the seven year tribulation in that world. Now, the term that they have for why did they do this? Why are they purposely dismantling society, destroying people, getting them into a state of fear? You get into a state of fear, they know that we're more apt to surrender our freedoms in a state of fear than a time of peace. So you got to get everybody absolutely not fearful, but you got to let it go on for a long time to get them used to submitting uh, to their solution and then literally slowly over time crushing them, their lives, their livelihood, everything. Why? Because it's create a crisis, manage the outcome. You develop the problem to generate the reaction and then you come in with the solution, but it's a setup. Now they don't call it the great setup, but they do call it the great reset. And this is not a conspiracy theory. I'm only going to give you just an overview and then we're going to see, believe it or not, as freaky as it is, how they're going to tie their plan to tie every individual on the planet into the great reset. Okay. And, uh, but if you want more on this, I just finished yesterday, uh, a two hour interview with, uh, Jan Markell, uh, with pastor Brandon Holhouse, uh, Rock Harbor church. And he and I, worked with her and did interviews for two hours. They're Lord willing supposed to air the first two weeks of January. So tune in massive mega detail. We go down deep on this, but just for the sake of tonight, cause I got to get to the second video and then we'll close on some Trump theory stuff. <laughs> so, so, so bring a granola bar. We got a little ways to go yet. So, uh, but here's what they're basically going to do. Now this is coming out the great reset. It's not my words. This is theirs. The world economic forum. Now it's headed by a guy has been for years by a guy named Klaus, Schwab. It's not him. It's the global elites. Sounds like a conspiracy theory, but it's all out there. There's, they're not even hiding it anymore. Bill Gates, of course, is another one. Population control. And of course, he's involved with the vaccines. We saw it before he wants to do wireless uh, birth control that can control whether ladies can have children up to 16 years. Remember that in our AI study? If you were there for that study, it's all out there. That's nothing new for him. You also have world leaders like Prince Charles, yeah, he's still out there behind the scenes and his globalist agenda and things of that nature. But basically, it's, it's, a, it's a global elite club. You have to just be able to join the club anywhere from sixty dollars to $600,000 to join. The average Joe doesn't have that kind of money to dump, so you don't, we'll never get to be a part of it. And then even then, they have a tier system in the World Economic Forum. And they meet every year at Davos, Switzerland. Okay? And uh, they, the tier system is if you pay, oh, by the way, just to get into each year's conference on top of the money you got to drop down, $27,000 just to get there. 
uh, to attend the conference. Then in the conference, uh, the elite get what's called a white pass. And the white pass people in the World Economic Forum, you get to attend all the meetings, including the ones that are secret and will never be televised. So who knows what goes on in those? But what I'm talking about is the one that they do televise. They're out there. They're still on YouTube, believe it or not. They're in print. And basically, they admit that you can't let a good crisis go to waste. And what crisis do you think it is? They admit what crisis. This is their words. COVID-19 is what they say. Right? And they say, uh, and here's what's weird. And this is not a conspiracy theory. It's out there. They met. They met and did a dry run on COVID-19 in October 2019. Okay, and as MacArthur said, I don't know if this is by chance, when did they find COVID in the blood samples the same time they met? This was a dry run. It's called Event 201. It's online. You can check it out. It's not a conspiracy theory. And they literally, these same elites, did a dry run of what has been happening this whole year. They even, as sick as this is, in their laughter and glee to want to dismantle the world and reset it to their new great plan, hence the Great Reset, is they even gave each other these little stuffed COVID-19 little thing. It's, it's gross. It's sick. It's crazy. It's all out there. It's, it's, they're not hiding it. Now, you're saying, well, what's the Great Reset? So they got their problem that they created, COVID-19, a global problem. Why? Because they want to literally destroy capitalism. The United States of America, we're in their way, right? Because we're America first. We honor our sovereignty, and we don't want to go along with globalism. And we have a president right now who doesn't want to go with that. I also, if you guys want to go and do some more research, uh, I've been told he was approached by the same group. And he did go to Davos. It's on tape. You could see the speech he gave as other people said that they approached him to get him to go along with it. And that's when he came out with the speech that really made them mad. That he, If you've ever seen it, and he says, uh-uh, America first, and we ain't going along with globalism. Right, because they approached him to get him to sell out, but Trump wouldn't sell out. So that was back then. Now the war's on, because who's the one that's holding up their great reset? Trump, and it has everything to do, folks, with the election. What we've been experiencing. It isn't just about getting Trump out of office. When you look at the bigger global plan, Trump was the one who's messing with the Great Reset. Again, what's the Great Reset? Destroy capitalism. Bring in, basically, in a nutshell. If you want more, get the interviews. In a nutshell, bring communism on a technological level to the whole planet, including the United States of America. Where, and this is still in print, you know what, They're, they had some slogans. They still have slogans. And one of their slogans is, you'll own nothing and be happy. It's out there. What do you mean you own nothing? Because what happens is they want to replace our way of life, our system, with basically a global government will dictate everything about your life. Your livelihood, what you eat, what you get to do, do you even get to travel, how you get to live, and they want you to live in these little micromanaged, little teeny tiny places and things of that nature. Oh, and that's if you even get to live. Everything in your life will be literally micromanaged. It basically, the Green New Deal, that's not by chance. That's their way of life. And they're going to micromanage power, everything. They're going to take control of everything because they're doing it for us. This great reset will bring in a utopia. Now, what does that sound like? The Antichrist kingdom. They call it the great reset. I'm convinced it's the great Antichrist kingdom of the seven-year tribulation. That's how close we are. We can't set dates, but man, this is crazy. It's all out there. Okay? So that's basically what they want to do. You think, well, that'll never happen. We're... 
created the problem and they've invaded our country for decades. They've taken over the media and we've seen that with the election, didn't we? They've taken over the, a lot of the government, not all of it, a lot of it though, certainly the Democrat party, but we got all kinds of rhinos in the Republican party who have sold out and the media, the educational system, whatever. And I think that they believe that they're gonna get Trump out of the way and there's nothing now officially stopping them from pulling off the Great Reset because they created the problem and here's the solution. We're gonna come in, we're gonna take over the globe and we're gonna micromanage your life. And you're thinking there's, there's, there's no way that's ever gonna happen because I'm gonna resist. Well, here's the deal. Here's the elephant in the room. They didn't just create, and this is gonna sound crazy, they didn't just create the problem, COVID-19, okay, to break everybody down, to get them to cry out for basically their plan, their solution, the Great Reset. It's also all about the vaccine. You think, well, why the vaccine? Because the vaccine, I'm telling you, is not like any other vaccine in the history of mankind. Now, I don't even have time to get into the baby part issue. If you want more on that, get our study on abortion, the mass murder of children. We go down deep and expose that that's really what's going on in the vaccine. So deal with that aspect. What I'm about to show you on tape, again, is another doctor. So we're going to listen to the experts, let them expose what's inside these vaccines. And should we be concerned about it? Uh, if you want more of this, please get our documentary, Hybrid Super Soldiers in the Coming Genetic Apocalypse. 32 hours, we'll go down deep on this and talk about the sovereignty of God. We released that just before this whole COVID baloney blew, and we didn't even know. That was just what God put on our hearts to do as a ministry, and it exposes this whole thing. It was just perfect timing if people would avail. So if you want more, get that. But basically, as you're going to see in a second, it's going to sound crazy, but that vaccine is what they're gonna to use to connect every individual to the Great Reset. Because in that vaccine, it will literally change your DNA. That's the other thing that's huge, it's different. Modify your, your DNA, number one. Number two, it comes also with it, it's packed with something that's called luciferase, spelled just like the name, because lucifer means light bearer. And it's, bio, it's after that, it's, it's uh, bioluminescent qualities. And they will know whether or not you've been vaccinated. You can't lie. Number three, it comes with something that was developed by DARPA. And again, we expose this in our hybrid documentary. But it's called hydrogel. Hydrogel is a fancy name for nanotechnology. And this nanotechnology is in the vaccine as well. And basically, in a nutshell, what this will do, it gives you a number. And it gives them the ability to wirelessly know what's going on inside your body at all times, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And not only transmit that information, but also receive information. And people are concerned, well, what, what you, first of all, who's this going to, Where, and who's in charge of all this, right? But receive information, what are you gonna do to my body? With nanobots in me now. It sounds crazy, but let's take a look at that, and then we'll get back to the Trump theory. All right, you guys ready? Round two? All right, let's take a look. So what do you think about going from human 1.0 to human 2.0? Um, and what does that mean? Well, going from humans as we now know ourselves to human 2.0 has something to do with transhumanism. If you're not familiar with that term, it's about uh, taking uh, humans as we know ourselves and melding with artificial intelligence. 
um, kind of like being in the Matrix, if you've ever seen that movie. And that may seem kind of cool to you. Uh, we might have some superhuman abilities, maybe uh, be able to think of something um, and it happens, uh, maybe have some physical abilities that would be almost superhuman-like. That's the idea, that's what you see in sci-fi movies. And for myself, thinking about this topic, I'm like, well, I have some time. I think that's many years in the future. However, this, this question, this idea is now right in this moment. We need to make a decision. And I found out that we need to make a, a decision about this because I investigated the proposed COVID-19 vaccine. And this is my alarm call to the world. Um, I looked at the pros and cons and it frightens me. And I want you to know about this. You need to be very well informed because this new vaccine is not like your normal flu vaccine. This is something very different. This is something brand new. This is something completely experimental on the human race. And it's not just about being a different vaccine. There are technologies that are being introduced with this vaccine that can change the way we live, who we are and what we are and very quickly. I think that, um, you know, some people that you might know these names, uh, Elon Musk, who is the founder of SpaceX and uh, Tesla Automotive, as well as Ray Kurzweil, who is one of the, um, the big wigs of Google. Uh, these are um, self-proclaimed transhumanists. They believe that we should go to human 2.0, and they are very big proponents of this. Um, there's a lot of other people that you might know their names. They're also involved with this, so you should look that up. I think the easiest way to explain this to you is to go with one of the front runners for the vaccine and go into a little bit of the history and tell you how they want to make the vaccine. And I think that will speak volumes. So for instance, Moderna is one of the front runners for the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, you should know that Moderna was founded um, by a person from Harvard, Derek Rossi, and this researcher actually was successful in taking some modified RNA and being able to reprogram a stem cell in the body and change the function of the stem cell. He actually made it genetically modified, okay? So you can, he proved that you can genetically modify something by using modified RNA. So they founded the company Moderna on this concept. It's kind of a new kid on the block, okay? It's not been around that long. In fact, it hasn't even made any vaccine for a human before. It's made no medicine for a human before. This will be their first run. You must know that Moderna was in the news recently because it really fast-tracked. It's, it's like the other companies, it's fast-tracking the vaccine. It's going from phase one to phase two very, very quickly. In fact, it's gone from phase one to phase three and it's experiments from March of this year until currently. I mean, that is unbelievable. It usually takes five or six years. How are they able to do this with the safety and efficacy data that we need? Um, and I want you to know that in phase two, we only use between, they're only using between 30 and 45 humans. In Moderna's test study, they only used 45 humans. And with the, uh, the high dose vaccine, Group, they got 100% of those people got systemic side effects, 100. That's only in the short 
side effect profile. In the low dose vaccine, 80%, 80% got systemic side effects. Now, we don't even know the long-term side effects from that. We would need a lot longer time, right? Maybe years. But we do know based on previous animal studies of using this technology that you're going to, you can expect possibly increased cancer rates, increased mutant genes, mutagenesis, also increased autoimmune reactions. For instance, in some of the ferret studies, they saw that when the ferret was introduced to the, the virus that they were trying to protect the ferret from after the ferret got the vaccine, they actually had an exaggerated immune response. It actually hurt the ferret. They had more lung inflammation, more lung fluid, even some problems with their liver. It actually hurt them. They had a poorer response. Okay, so this, those are longer term reactions and that could be seen with this vaccine, but we don't know the data yet. So it's not without risk. And how are they doing this? Well, they're actually um, suggesting to use uh, a platform. Let me just explain the, uh, how they would administer the vaccine. So the vaccine, um, there's an idea called microneedle platform, okay? This was uh, developed by MIT. And they said it could be very easily produced, okay, and mass produced. This is why they're proposing this technology and many millions of vaccines could be made quickly. They could also be administered by yourself. So the idea is to get a Band-Aid. It looks like a Band-Aid you buy in the drugstore. It's shipped to you through Amazon or UPS or some other shipping service. You take it out of the package, you put it on your, your hand like this, and then you take the sticker off and voila, you've been vaccinated. So how is that possible? Well, in this Band-Aid, it has little tiny spicules, little tiny needles. And this was uh, designed after a snake viper fang bite, okay, or snake viper bangs. So little snake bites. Um, anyway, in these tiny little spicules, they claim you won't really feel it that much. There's uh, their little hydrogel, it's a material called hydrogel. Inside the hydrogel would be um, a luciferase enzyme as well as the vaccine itself. Okay, so what is all that? So first of all, you're getting the vaccine. It's modified RNA or modified DNA. Let's take Moderna, modified RNA. So in that modified RNA, the idea is that it would, the microneedles will puncture into your your cell membrane, okay? And this synthetic piece of an RNA, it's a code for the parts of the virus, or they could use a synthetic DNA to code for the part of the virus would go into your nucleus, your body would start transcribing it, would start reading it and making more of that part of the virus. Well, why would we wanna make more of the virus or part of the virus? The idea is your body would get used to seeing it, would know how to make antibodies and would have an improved T cell response. And the idea is then when you saw it in the future, your body would already know how to fight it and it would be a better response. That's the idea. Um, the problem with that is they're using something called a process called transfection and transfection is a way that we make genetically modified organisms. Okay, I think you know about those fruits and vegetables. Uh, they're not as healthy as the normal uh, wild type fruit and vegetables. So possibly you could extrapolate that to a human. If we become genetically modified, we would not be as healthy, okay? We don't have long-term studies on this anyway. This is unbelievable. And 
you know, the vaccine manufacturers have made the statement that this will not alter our DNA, our genome. I say that is not true. Because if we use this process to make a genetically modified organism, why would it not do the same thing to a human? I, I don't know why they're saying that. Now, if you look at the um, definition of transfection, it'll tell you that it can be a temporary change in the cell. And I think that's what the vaccine manufacturers are banking on. It's temporary. Or it's a possibility for it to become stable, to be taken up into the genome and so stable that it will start replicating when the genome replicates, meaning it is now permanent part of your genome. That's a chance that we're taking. So it could be temporary or it could be permanent. And we would never know that for years down the road, honestly. So here we go. We've got something that can alter our genome. It's a possibility. And another thing on that, if they're altering the genome, what would be the effects? I told you previously some of the side effects, but also we need to know that this is a synthetic piece of DNA or RNA, okay? And if it becomes taken up into the genome of a human, it's synthetic, it's not from nature. And if you look at the Supreme Court justice ruling on synthetic DNA or genes, it can be patented and patents have owners. So what does that mean for us? What if this gets into our genome? Does that mean Moderna or the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation or the Department of Defense, all of these people who are involved in the patents or are they somehow going to own part of our genome? It's a possibility, you need to know that. So that's one part of this delivery system, just one. Now let me go to the next. The next part of the delivery system is a luciferase enzyme. Okay, they named it, they patented it luciferase. I don't like that name. Luciferase because it has bioluminescent qualities, which means it can produce a light or it has a light source. And the, all of this would be under your skin and you cannot see it. Now, the luciferase is an idea because they want to make sure that you're vaccinated. They don't trust medical records. They don't trust you saying that you got vaccinated. They want to make sure, and they want to make sure it was successful. A, a successful transfection, a successful gene modification. So when you get the luciferase enzyme, if you have a, an iPhone or a special app on the iPhone, you can scan over that area and it will give a digital code, a digital imprint, a digital pattern, something that will identify that you were vaccinated. It, it holds your vaccination record. It also gives you an ID, a number, a barcode, a branding, whatever you want to call it, a tattoo, it's all the same thing. You now become like a product. So we have that. Now the third thing I mentioned was hydrogel. So hydrogel is actually an invention from DARPA, the uh, Department of Advanced Research Projects Agency. This is um, kind of a sci-fi kind of a group from the Department of Defense Pentagon. Um, of the U.S. government. They make these fantastic um, inventions. So one of them is hydrogel. Hydrogel, you can Google, I'm sorry, you can YouTube, look on YouTube, look at Profusa is one of the companies, uh, DARPA, as well as hydrogel, and you'll find some little two-minute clips that they describe. So hydrogel is nanotechnology, microscopic little robots. And these little robots, actually, I know it sounds crazy, it's still crazy to me, but it's possible, okay? 
it can um, disassemble, reassemble, assemble into and make different things. So with this hydrogel, it has, it's really nanotechnology. So that's something, um, you know, robotic or something that's artificial intelligence. It has the ability to connect with artificial intelligence. So this means that a human can now connect to directly and gather information from our bodies and gather it and uh, connect with your smartphone, with the cloud, with some other smart device. And once this is done, this is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Think about that. Think about how immediately that could change our privacy immediately can change our autonomy, immediately change our freedoms. This can gather data like your blood sugar, your oxygen, your blood pressure. Okay, those sound great. But it also can gather many other things. It can gather, they say, your emotions or your menstrual cycle, your activity. If you've fallen, um, your nutrients in your body, if you took medicines, it's a potential to see if you took illicit drugs, it's got a potential to see almost anything that goes on in your body. And all of this information is going where? That has not been addressed. Who's protecting this information? What are they using it for? This is really serious stuff, guys. This is all being proposed or being unveiled in the next vaccine, okay? The other thing to know is with this nanotechnology, hydrogel, um, artificial intelligence, you know, hookup, just like your cell phone, you can send a text message, you can send an email, but also you can receive them back. So that means we could receive information. What information would be coming back into us? Would it affect our mood, our behavior? Would it affect you know, how we, how we think or our memories. If you haven't watched the movie Matrix, I think you should. I think there's some truths in that, in, in that movie. I see so many wrong things with this vaccine. And I see that we are not talking about it in the major media. And I see that, I feel that these companies are outright lying to us when they say they cannot affect our DNA because by all definitions that they are using, this can affect our DNA. So guys, I wanted to make this video short because I wanted to get the point across. I wanted you to really do your own research. So know that there are many risks that we're seeing here and there is some, we really need to know if we really wanna go from human 1.0 to human 2.0. And let me also tell you that there's some major names behind these vaccines. You're always going to see like the Department of Defense from the US government, sometimes DARPA, like I told you. Why is the military involved with our vaccines? You see the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation everywhere with this. If you look, you'll find that name almost always. And let's go back to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I want you to, to look up what, let's look at the track record. Let's look at what the man stands for. His family comes from a family of eugenics. What does eugenics mean? Population control, meaning there's too many people on the planet. It's important to know. He's been on video stating that 
he thinks with uh, a very good new vaccine, we could get the Earth's population to be decreased by 10 to 15%. Well, who's gonna stay and who's gonna go? And who is he to decide? He doesn't have a medical background, no epidemiology background, no science background. He's not a doctor, a software tech. That's what he has. I'd also like you to realize, I always look at who has a vested interest. What are their motivations? What is his motivation, right? We already know his family background. Well, what's very concerning to me is that DARPA, this military agency, as well as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is very interested in something called gene drive research or technology or gene extinction technology. And it's exactly what it sounds like. By using genetic mutations, by use of transfection, for instance, you can exterminate an entire species from the planet. They are proposing to use this for mosquitoes, for instance, in Africa. But guys, our world is a delicate ecosystem. Who is, who is saying one species goes? You, you destroy one species, you could affect an entire ecosystem. So when you exterminate an entire species, you will affect an entire ecosystem. It's a very delicate balance. And who's to say who's going to stay and who's going to go? Who's got that knowledge? Why aren't we talking about this? And guys, if we can do it to an insect, we can do it to an animal, we can do it to a human. I bring this up because if these agencies that are behind the vaccine also stand for that, do you trust them with your health? Do you trust them with your family? Do you trust them with our children? The other thing is we're rushing this to production. What is the motivation behind that? We need to really think about this. I've also stated in the past that we need to know that there are, at least in the United States, there are mandates passed that make uh, the vaccine manufacturers have no liability, zero liability for any harm done to any human. If people are killed, if they're hurt, if they're paralyzed, if they're maimed for life, it doesn't matter. You have no recourse and they still make all their profit. So there's no incentive for them to make it safe anyway. Also want you to know that one of the mandates, the Emergency Preparedness Act, that's, that says they can force a vaccine on us. They cannot force a vaccine if there is a viable treatment for the COVID-19. And I want you to know that doctors around the world are being censored about treatment options for COVID-19 or prevention for COVID-19. Because if there's a true treatment or prevention, then they can't force this vaccine on us. I want to bring that up because what in the world is the motivation of doing this? Is it really in the health of all of us? As a doctor, I can't see how this is in the true health of the entire world. I think there's another motive, another agenda going on. The more I look at this, the more that comes up. So I'll leave you with this. I want to make this um, short and sweet, sweet so that you um, can digest this and think about it. Do you really want to go to human 2.0? I don't think it's the fantasy you see in the movies. 
We need to come together and we need to unify our voices because people in positions of power taking care of our health are not in our best interest. But together we have power, together united, our voice is strong. So I encourage you to do critical thinking, do your own research, join groups in your state, go to your state legislature and you tell them no, no to these experiments on humans, no to invasion of privacy, no to censorship. We are sovereign human souls and we need to take our rights back. Thank you for listening. And you know, I always say my videos with the greatest of love and the greatest of peace. Thank you. So do you sit around and get all fearful and freaked out? No. Make your own intelligent decision. But what do you got to do? You need to speak up. Okay. And we have the right to speak up. We can say no. And while we have the freedoms, we need to exercise those freedoms. Okay. Uh, but again, as you see, this is to me the why factor. For something that has a 99.988% survival rate. Why are you doing this? They've already told us why. The Great Reset. Okay. They created the problem, COVID-19, admittedly, so that they can generate the response or reaction, fear, and an overtime dismantle of everything of our way of life, economy, everything, to get us to submit to their solution. And they want to use the vaccine to connect us to their global reset, the great reset that they call that. Oh, by the way, again, guess what? There's two other slogans, not just, you'll own nothing and be happy. This is in print. You know, other slogans they've had for quite some time? There's, I'll give you two of them. Maybe you've heard them before, okay? Uh, and the first one is, they say we're headed towards a dark winter, and therefore, we need to, through the Great Reset, we need to build back better. So who do you think is, would go along with this? Yeah, they sold out on a multitude of levels. So that's kind of the other thing. But that's the big other question. That's the other elephant in the room. What about Trump? Okay. Reports are saying that he resisted their offer. And you see that in the speech he gave after he was there in Davos. Okay, and then the war is on. We've got to get rid of this guy. And so that's when a lot of people think that's when the plan was put into place uh, amongst not only the Great Reset, but this is also going to become an excuse working with the Democrat Party and the rhinos in our government and other foreign entities like China, who's on board with the Great Reset, of course, because they're a communist country, and that's basically what you want to bring to the whole planet. Okay, and so we're going to use that as an excuse to, one, destroy the economy because they want to do that, but that also makes Trump look bad in the next election cycle, right, number one. Number two, it also begins to give the excuse for what they did, and that is to stack the vote with all the mail-in ballots. You couldn't have done that before if everything was fine. There was no so-called pandemic, right? And so, again, it wasn't just to do that, but it was to kill two birds with one stone, and Trump was one of those stones. And get their guy and the people who've already sold out to go along with this, and they, and that's why I think they're being so bold about this now, even in print, in video. They think they did it. But have they? Or is God going to be gracious to us? And do we have a little bit more time left?
We know it's not going to last forever, okay? But is there a little window of opportunity, right? I think if Hillary would have gotten in, we would have seen this before. But something freaky happened. <laughs> President Trump came aboard. But still, I've been racking my brain knowing this, especially after we did that 32-hour documentary on this. Why is Trump pro-vaccine? I'm going to give you four reasons, and we're going to close. I'm not going to say, thus saith the Lord. But this is why I've been racking my brain, trying to do my own research uh, with my own intel, and uh, trying to figure out that. Because that, to me, is like, that just, that's the one thing that doesn't make sense. So number one, the more pessimistic view, uh, the first one is Trump's a part of it, and we're being duped. And I just say that that's just logic. It could, it could be. could be. I, and i got to deal with the facts. I'm just going to be honest with you. The other three are a little bit more optimistic. So, but I, I gotta be honest, I'm just throwing it out there, that could happen. The second one is more of Trump doesn't buy into this COVID stuff anyway, but this being an election year, needing to get over the hump, and you, the media narrative is not gonna stop and it has never stopped from trying to get people in this state of fear that uh, the vaccine he knows is, and again, it's just a theory, as some would say he knows, uh, is, will be the psychological panacea for those who are freaked out about this because they're listening to the narrative that wants to get them into a state of fear. And so in order for those people to re-engage into our country and business and livelihood and economy and get back to life, they're going to need this psychologically. That's a possibility, even though he knows that it's a bunch of baloney in the first place. The third one... And the fourth one, I believe, has to do with what's going on right now with where the election is at. Now, again, I don't know if you guys are continuing to do the seesaw thing with the election. Hey, there's still a chance. No, there's not a chance. There's still a chance. No, there's a chance. <laughs> and I'm, it's not over. What's my phrase? It ain't over till the chicken goes in the dumpster, and it's still not over. And I'll just give you a current update. Even right now, with the electors doing their vote, it's still not over. Now, the media is saying it's over. They've been saying that from the get-go, right? You even have rhinos who are congratulating so-called president-elect Biden. He's not the president-elect. Constitutionally, that doesn't happen until after January 6th. So that's still wrong, but that's still not even true. Because what has happened now, yes, the electors got together, yes, they cast their votes, but guess what happened? It split. The electoral college vote split. And so you got those voting for Biden and voting for Trump. So guess what that does? That now throws it to January 6th. And in January 6th, they have to get together now and they have to hash this out. And all it takes is for one member of the House and one member of the Senate to do a written notice that they object and that forces them legally constitutionally that they have to now hash this out with an eight-hour debate to then decide what they're going to do if they can't decide at that said point then it gets kicked back to the house and you're going oh no the house that's controlled by the democrats no that's not how it works constitutionally when it gets kicked back to the house then constitutionally it goes back to one delegate per state will vote who the president will be because they can't decide on the traditional route because it's split now. And if you do the statistics, one vote per state, guess who's got more votes? Republican states. So that's still a clear path. And so basically what's happening right now is Trump obviously, has he ever shown the character he's going to quit? 
especially when being punched and lied to and all that stuff. No, 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 no. So right now, they're still going past through the court. They're still going through even the Supreme Court. None of that's dead, okay? Even the Texas thing was not uh, rejected by the Supreme Court on a merit. It was just on standing. So there's still other routes to go. You're not being told the whole truth if you're listening to the narrative media, right? So basically, between now, they're going to continue to pile up evidence including with not only the fraud and the video fraud and the stacking of the votes and the redoing of the vote and the rigging with the Dominion machines and all that stuff, but that evidence will be presented and continue to be available to those on January 6th who need to hash this out. And so that will just be even more evidence between now and then, right, to make the case that you can't give this to Biden. Now, where am I going with this? That's where we're at right now. So it ain't over till the chicken goes to the dumpster. Three and four, back to Trump, and we're getting ready to close. Why the vaccine? I'm just going to throw a couple theories out there. I'm not going to say this is what it's going to do, but whatever. Right now, I'm convinced that we are actually under attack from a military perspective. Our country is at war. That's my theory based on what I'm seeing. And we're under war in not the traditional sense. Right? We're not, you don't see a red dawn scenario. You don't see troops coming in. Most foreign powers have learned you don't mess with the U.S. We're the most armed nation in the history of mankind. Right? We have more guns than anybody. And you invade our land, you're going to find out very quickly that was dumb. <laughs> Seriously. And they know that. So they can't hit us at a frontal assault. So it's a new way of warfare. Psychological warfare and cyber warfare. As well as infiltrating the country and taking over high positions of influence, including the government. And even recently, have you seen, you've, we're, it's now like you got Fang Fang sleeping with the, 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 it's all coming out. The Chinese people have infiltrated our country in high positions of influence, right? And so where am I going with that? Trump, I'm convinced right now, is taking the most peaceable route. He knows what's going on. He knew this was happening. He signed an executive order in 2018 that gives him the ability, if there's any foreign or domestic interference in our elections, he can go and seize all assets, those people round them up. That includes the media, the social media, the tech moguls, CNN, ABC, all those people that were complicit, he can round them up and take all their assets and shut them down. So that's one thing's on the book. There's also what's called the Insurrection Act which is another thing that's out there on the table. So he could do that. But, but again, he's trying to go, I, that's nuclear option, because that's going to involve the military. Okay, but he, he can put it all down uh, and, and be constitutionally and legitimately able to do that. But uh, that's the nuclear option. So right now, I think he's trying to go the best route, peaceable route. He's given these people, you're, and that's what he's saying. I'm not conceding nothing. I have not lost and, but he's trying to do it the more peaceful route, through the courts, through the Constitution. Now, where am I going with that? If he does have to pull the nuclear option, let's say January 6th come, and for some reason, goofball reason, they still throw it towards Biden, even though that's completely illegitimate, unconstitutional, illogical, immoral, untruthful, then I think at that point, you, we could see the nuclear option being pulled out. All right? Now, at said point, okay, you're going to have to be able to demonstrate that we were truly under uh, warfare and harming our country. And I think that could already easily be de demonstrated. But here's where I'm going. 
and not saying that's it, the Lord, but some are saying back to the vaccine, number three, okay, he even knows they're saying the dangers of this vaccine. But if, in fact, this vaccine starts to get administered and people do die from it, then it's just more ammo and justification why he's got to do what he's got to do. Because here's the other thing. I think the stat now is they've said up to 123 communist people are also involved in the manufacturers of these same vaccines. So the same people who launched that are also involved in the vaccine. And if American people start dying, that's another justification. So some are saying that. I'll give you one more. I'm not going to say that's saith the Lord, whatever, you know, whatever. One more, some are saying that Trump knows this whole thing, right, et cetera, et cetera, uh, with the vaccine. And you're like, and why is the military involved? Here's the deal. It's all about timing. So let's say he has to do the nuclear option. But right now, what is being deployed to administer this vaccine? Who are they using to help distribute it? Military. So military are being placed around the United States to help with the vaccine, right? And especially in these blue democratic states, liberal states, where they got the highest infections and the biggest lockdowns. So that come December or January 6th, and if he does have to go nuclear, then guess who's right there on the ground going to put anything down? Not like, oops, I guess we better start sending troops everywhere. They're already there. Could be. Either way, I don't know about you, but uh, we're living in some pretty exciting times. Uh, Things are ramping up like never before. And think about it, guys. On our journey here, we have had nine years, nine years of equipping of God's truth. We've had the privilege to share it amongst ourselves here in Vegas and around the world. And I think a lot of it's for such a time as this. And, but even now, even with whatever's coming on, even just the next few weeks, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. I'm not freaked out. And I'll trust that God will give me the wisdom what I need to do for my family, for us as a church. Uh, I know that I'm not to be afraid of this bug called COVID-19. I know it's a scam. You can call it a pandemic, but it's a pandemic or a scandemic, whatever you want to say. But that's your decision, what you want to do with the vaccine. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV. Right? I'm not giving you medical advice. But as a pastor, I'm telling you, we need to speak up. We need to speak up. Because if, you, if we roll over dead now, and if we take the easy way out and just keep your mouth shut, this will happen. And that's the beginning of the end. I don't know if we're going to leave in the rapture before that gets completely installed. I don't know. I know we're not going in the seven-year tribulation. My personal prayer is this, and I'll close. I'm praying, God, would you please give us more time? I know you got it all mapped out. In the seven-year tribulation, the rapture's going to happen exactly when you want it to. We're not going to stop that. But please give us more time here in America because we're living in some special days. We can share the gospel at the click of a mouse 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so inexpensively. Never before in the history of the church have we had this opportunity. God, please give us more time. I know it's not going to last forever, 
Please give us more time that we can bear fruit for you. That's my prayer, and that should be our prayer as well. Amen?